Welcome to Andy Noise Experience Podcast, Endurance Noise, Random Musings. It is 3.49 a.m. on a Sunday morning, October 10th, October 10th, October 18, 2020. Um, I'm wide awake, unfortunately, because I had a race yesterday. Yay! First race since March 1st. Um, but we had to get up like at 4 in the morning and drive out there to the desert, and it was at 7 a.m. So then when you get back from the hard race... You sleep in the afternoon, and that's why now I've been up since probably 3 a.m. or so. Decided to get up and do a podcast, kind of talk about my first race in seven months and a few other races going on. In fact, being up at this hour, I can check out hour 23 of the uh, Bigs Backyard Ultra, the USA version at least, and it looks like they have finished lap 23, Amelia Brune. Um, has the lead in race time of 1856. This means she's been doing the fastest laps. Her average lap is 49.25. Um, it's interesting. She's done now. Oliver LeBond, uh, Jacob Conrad, Gabe Rainwater, Maggie, Courtney. Um, Sarah hasn't come in yet. On the uh, drops, Michael Wardian, of course, has got an injury. In fact, I saw him write a post yesterday about how he could barely walk a quarter mile or something it reminded me of my injury and later hospitalization and just the frustration of going from being able to do what you love to not really being able to do it and so I wish him hope he gets better um interestingly uh David Johnson my friend from Alaska um and he you know he's gone over 506 days he made it he, he just went to nine hours 37 miles and dropped from the race not sure what was happening with him, but it says here his fastest loop was 55.01, which, whew, that's not too good. And his slowest loop was 58.47, so he is basically, you know, not getting a whole lot of break in between. Probably, I bet, some sort of injury or something. Philip McCarthy from New York, who puts on the great New York 100K, 100-mile race, and a really good multi-day racer himself. Also somebody I did the dome with up in Alaska. Um he stopped at hour 16 his fast loop 50 and his slowest with 57 so looks like um so far we've got most of joe fegis is done got a 53rd lap um interesting with joe his fastest with 51 slowest with 57 courtney's fastest 49 slowest was 55 it's interesting like they got i like his mike melton's got a great website um, it was interesting, like, how many of the people, their fastest loop was hour 12, which is probably is the first time they get on the roads. So they do 11 hours on the trail, and then they do the other 13 hours on the road, and it's interesting to see. But slow And slowest lap, um, lap number nine for a lot of people, which is interesting. It's kind of 7 o'clock race start, yeah, 4 in the afternoon. Interesting. Maybe it was hot or something. But it was either lap number nine or lap number two or a lot of people's slowest laps. So it looks like so far we've got in nine people. Got a little bit of time. We'll go back over there. So I thought I would go over my race myself, um, why I'm up at this hour. And partly it's because uh, of the race. But so we got up yesterday. Got up pretty early, unfortunately. I um, got some decent sleep, but I was up at 241 goofing around and then uh the gals met at my house for the drive about an hour and a half drive out to uh the desert indian wells 
It's kind of near Ridgecrest. It's kind of past Red Rock Canyon and down the street from Lone Pine, which you can get at Whitney. And uneventful drive out there. It's pitch black dark, wasn't any moon. Stars were beautiful. Um, we got out there and it was in the 60s. It was funny. And the gals were all like, oh, it's so cold. And I'm like, it's 60 degrees. We had to park about a quarter mile from the uh, start area. And uh, they're first like, oh, you know, we'll just walk up there. And, and we don't want to come back to the car because we want to walk the you know quarter mile up, quarter mile back. I'm like, where are you going to put your junk? You know, because you got to pick up your bib and your shirt and stuff. So we walked along the highway and got up there. To, and you could hear the the burrows braying. It was pretty entertaining. And got there and... Uh, first person I saw was the timing, negative split timing, Gene and Lambert, who I've known for many, many years. Gene, I've done 100 mile races with over the years. And Lambert, of course, he's been at a lot of races and they've got a really good timing system. And uh, they, uh, you know, picked up our timing chips and our shirts and all that stuff. And then I just told the gals, I said, hey, you know, I will just uh, take this stuff back to the car because I kind of wanted to obviously get rid of junk. And I told everybody, hey, you know, let's not carry all this, uh, you know, let's not, um, you know, wear all these warm clothes, and couldn't get them to give me, give up their jackets, so when I went back to the car, stripped down in the racing gear, was wearing my Joshua Chipta guy, Nike running shorts, <laughs> and uh, been, I used to never, I used to always train and train, I still train in kind of like shorts I buy from, you know, uh, Amazon or Target, they're kind of dry max, but they're big baggy shorts, but I've been, but the problem is they kind of fall down, not really fall down, but you got to keep grabbing them and stuff. So I um, decided to get some of those after I saw him crush the 5K way back in the earlier in the year. And we'll be talking about him in a little bit too. He had a race, obviously, too. And so I um, got my stuff. And then when I got back to the course, the ladies, of course, were all around the burrows and their favorite burrow, uh, Winky. And, uh, it turned out that Winky was being um, running with a friend of mine that I've known for many years, Tom Dole, out of Los Angeles, who used to hang out with Allison and I quite a bit, doing ultras and traveling to races and things like that. So it was good to see him. Then we saw my buddy Bill Dickey. Uh, Bill's in his 70s, and he's always at all these races, lots of the multi-day races. And it's kind of sad that he's been missing out on so much stuff. And I was talking to him, and he's like, yeah. He goes, I signed up for the Cross Years 10-day the other day, and then the next very next day they canceled it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's kind of tough. So kind of everything, the, the more and more donkeys came out, and everything was kind of kind of crazy. Had the starts. They fortunately sent off the uh, donkeys first. I think they sent, sent off the marathon donkey runners, and then the 10-mile. And then we finally got to go. Um didn't do much of a warm-up, but thankfully, uh, Vicky, Liz, and Amanda, we all kind of walked the first quarter mile or half mile because it was kind of uphill, and then, bam, we were on the trail um, and started going downhill, and they all took off on me, and I forgot what it was like to run in sandy, real sandy. I mean, obviously, you're in the desert. It's going to be sandy, and I was having a, kind of an issue. Um, I stupidly wore my Ultra Olympus. Um, shoes, which just way too much cushion for a 10 mile race, especially in the sand. So I was having some kind of issues. Um, but it was thankfully, I guess I need to run more races with burrows because the burrows slowed down a lot of the runners. So I was actually able to catch, um, people, which is always good. It's always nice to just be able to catch up to people. And 
you know, the first couple miles slightly downhill. The ladies, my buddies, Bakers Distance Project were way out in front of me. And then we turned and we had to go uphill for a couple miles. And that uphill was pretty tough. Um, about halfway up, I caught my friend Liz, who doesn't like long climbs. And then by then, my right knee, which is usually my good knee, was really bothering me. And so I was just kind of walking, running with like a funny gait. Yes, I was running. I'd like to walk these things, but when you can run, you've got to run. It's just, you can just be out there for way too long, and I'm just way too competitive. It was funny. We went past the, I did a 50K there, man versus horse, a couple years ago with my friend Adam, and we went past the part when I said, look at that gigantic hill right over there. We went up that, up the sandy trail, and then we came down the face of this thing. And it was like uh, snowboarding, except it was sand. And then by the time we got down to the bottom, which was now mile five for us in this race, the shoes are just full of sand. So thankfully, finally got to that first aid station, only aid station, mile five. Didn't really take anything. And I'd forgotten kind of that there was like an old beat-up concrete road there. And my legs finally started feeling better because I got these big bouncy shoes. And I actually made up some time, caught a few people. And I could see Amanda and Vicky up ahead. And they were walking up the big hill. And just by the time I got to the top of the hill, which means a couple miles left to go, and it's a big downhill on a fire road, um, Liz caught me. And I was really glad to see her. Um, I knew she struggles on those big, long climbs. But she also was having a problem where, I've had this before, she had a problem where she was, her feet fell asleep. And I had that, and it's just unbelievably uncomfortable when your feet fall asleep and you're trying to run on them. She even took her shoes off and walked in the sand. And so I was really, really glad to see if she caught up to me. And then um, me and her uh, kind of stuck together for a little bit, going downhill. And then I was trying to catch up to Amanda because um, it was flat at the top for a little while. And Amanda and Vicky were walking. But then as soon as it turned downhill, they started running. Um, Liz and I kind of traded back and forth running down the hill. I couldn't run all the way because it was pretty poundy. Um, but I did um, run a lot of it. And then we finally caught um, – Vicky, and we never did see Amanda again, so, and uh, ended up finishing, and it was a pretty good race, our other athlete was there, we never saw her, Danny was way out in front of us, she did 210.58 for 19th place, and so we had Amanda was 236, um, I, uh, Liz was right behind her at 24th and 238, and I ran 239, and Vicky ran 243. And uh, my buddy Bill Dickey, he was uh, 334, and he's 81 years old. Wow. And uh, we looked on the Burrow race results, and the Winky with my friend Tom did 238. So the girls are talking about next year renting one of the Burrows and maybe doing it as a team. And they should get Winky. He definitely um, is their speed. So, And it's funny, they put boxes of Twinkies on Winky. So that was the race. Um I was looking at, uh, when you look at my stats, uh, it was kind of nice that yesterday I had 13 training peaks records, peak performances. It was my fastest quarter mile, my fastest 800, the fastest kilometer, fastest mile, well, fastest 5K, fastest 5 mile, second fastest 10K, and fastest 10 mile of 2020. Now, of course, um, I haven't run a race since March. Then I had my fall and my hospitalization, and then all the other records were heart rates. Yeah, I got my heart rate up pretty high, uh, 153 beats. So yeah, ever since uh, my fall, 
and then like the congestive heart failure. So pretty good performance, really happy with it. Um, it's always fun to look at um, the uh, Fitbit data for the race. I'm on my phone, so sorry about taking a bit. And I told it, so it's like Fitbit's funny. So it, got, it shows me, it shows me running the first 18 minutes with cardio 89%. Then I, then it shows the next hour I'm walking with a heart rate of 136 average and 55% cardio. Then the next 40 minutes, probably going up that fire road, it shows it as an aerobic workout. And that's kind of true. I was run walking up the hill and 76% peak. And then I blame, and then I blame Liz for making me run hard the last 31 minutes. 144 average with 93% peak. And yeah, I was definitely gassed. I was with Liz with like a half mile or so to go. And she saw this one friend of mine who's done Celtic a few times. And she's like, I don't want to try and catch him. And so she took off and she ended up catching him. So I was like, good luck. Cause I, 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 I just didn't have any legs. Um, interestingly, um, I recovered really well. My resting heart rate all week, uh, the average kind of thing they do. It has been 54 and this morning it was 54. So looks like I got some decent uh, recovery. Um, of course, like I said, sleep is a little bit messed up. It was funny. I only slept 420 the night before. And then when I got home yesterday, I ended up sleeping two and a half hours from five to eight. That's probably why I'm up now. So I <laughs> went back to bed at 945 and got up at two in the morning. So, but, um, but yeah, so we got done with the race. They had, uh, nice hats they gave us. We got a nice shirt. Um, there was somebody out there had drinks We bought some drinks and fruit drinks and then we decided just to drive to Hatchby and have lunch. And we went to this bakery in Hatchby, real nice. It was kind of nice to actually go in a restaurant and and uh, made some nice sandwiches and stuff. And they had my favorite, a uh, bratwurst. And the bratwurst was only six ninety nine. It was the cheapest thing on the menu. I should have bought two. Had a nice, well, we hobbled into the store and hobbled back to the cars. And so we ended up getting back to Bakersfield pretty early, like at 2 in the afternoon. Of course, it was 90 degrees or something in Bakersfield. It was kind of warm in the race, um, and uh, it was just a little bit too toasty. But uh, I got home, and you know, right after you get home, you want to sleep, and I just kind of laid down, but I just couldn't get to sleep. That's why I didn't fall asleep till five in the afternoon. Didn't I took the afternoon off? I will be going out this morning. I'm just sitting here at four in the morning, waiting until like six six thirty because I don't want to wake up Blanca. She'll be like, oh, "Get up yet?" And it's dark. <laughs> and uh, dropped some weight. I was 120 plus going in. And when I finished yesterday, came home, I was 118. So <laughs> that's uh, dropping two kilos, man. Dropped four pounds. Sure, it's all back. I think that's a PR for 120 kilo for me. PB. I like saying PB. Personal best there. And um, so that was the uh, race running with the Burrows. Got some great videos. You can see them on uh, YouTube and Instagram if you follow me. Been mixing it up and doing videos instead of uh, photos. Yep. Um, average gap. Uh, average pace for the race was 15.57 with 1,100 feet of gain. The race ended up being exactly 10 miles. In fact, when I crossed the line, I hit my watch and then I went, oh no, what if the course isn't right? And then I don't get my 10 training peaks 10 mile. And then I looked at it and I was like, wow, couldn't have been more accurate, 10.01. I 
for a trail race is pretty funny. It says here that when we started, it was 56 degrees. Yeah, probably about that. And uh, been on the course once before, back in 2018, doing a 50K. And my times were way faster that first year on the little segments they have here. So, oh, well, but, but you know, that's how it works. Uh, did do the last two miles. So his miles were 1540, 1410, 17, 2048, 2019, 1630, 1520, 14, 16, 12, 15. 12, 15 mile, pretty good for me. So heart rate's up there too. So all in all, a good day. Um, so I was talking about the uh, backyard. And let's see here. Everybody who was in the race, obviously would keep going because one more and you get to hour 24 and get to 100 miles. So obviously some pretty slow laps though, 56s, 57s. But, you know, it is, uh, oh, it's four in the morning here. That's seven in the morning there. Hmm. So congratulations to them. Keep going. They're competing against the world. I think there's 20 other countries competing and I don't think the United States is in the lead at the time. Speaking of other races that happened yesterday, there was a cross-country meet, um, college, and it was the biggest college meet of the year. It was at Oklahoma State's Invitational in Stillwater. And the top three teams from last year's NCAs, BYU, NAU, Northern Arizona, and Colorado all battled it out. And NAU um, won the meet 50-51. to 51. Pretty dang close. Um Colorado didn't score, but they didn't show up. The Pac-12 isn't allowed to compete, so all their athletes ran unofficial. So it's kind of unfortunate. So they decided to do the scores. And, um, yeah, in the women's field, BYU, there wasn't as many competitive. BYU won with 22 points. So that's kind of cool. I guess they got a multi-million dollar uh, cross-country facility there. And so... They will have cross-country championships again in March. They're supposed to happen at the same time as the indoor meet, which is super dumb. And then another big race that happened yesterday was the World Half Marathon. Of course, the United States, Canada, Japan, and other countries weren't there, though it wouldn't really matter because none of them, we weren't going to do well there. But there was a big upset. Joshua Cheptegei lost as countryman Jacob Kiplo wins the 2020 World Championships at 58-49. And uh, pretty impressive. The kid's only like 21 years old. He threw down a 13.38 split from 15 to 20K. Wow. And he ended up getting the uh, Ugandan record. Um, this is Chiptake's first ever half marathon. And he's probably a little tired from that 10K effort just a week and a half ago. Um, second place was a Kenyan, 58.54, five seconds back. And then third was an Ethiopian so you kind of had Uganda, Kenya and Ethiopia and uh, really good, uh, sounds like a good race and um, in the women's um, they, Perez Chiptashir sets women's only world record of 65-16 and uh, she's becomes the fourth woman to win multiple titles at the world half marathon out sprinting a German Malet Kajat and Ethiopian to win it in 65-16. Um, hmm. And she just uh, broke the world record earlier, 
ran 65.34 back in September. So she's definitely doing well. And, of course, in 2016, she won a championship, too. So pretty good day yesterday for sports. Obviously, the big backyard, hour 24 now. They're actually thinking maybe they'll get to 72 hours. And so that would be 24 hours on Sunday morning. Monday morning would be 48. And Tuesday morning would be 72 Yikes. Of course, you can't get to 72 unless someone comes, can get to 71 with you. So you got to have somebody out there willing to push it and keep going. So good luck to all of them. I'm glad I'm not out there doing that because it's a brutal kind of event. So sorry for kind of a little quietness, but you know, everybody in the house is asleep. So I'm trying to keep them from hearing me and waking up. And it's 410 in the morning. I think I'll lay down for another hour and then get out. And put in my miles because that's what you do. In fact, I'm amazed how well my legs feel, but shouldn't really be amazed because I did, you know, the uh, great race across Tennessee, race across Tennessee and back across Tennessee where I had to average 10 miles a day. So doing the 10 mile yesterday was just kind of like any day for the past four or five months, especially since I got out of the hospital at the end of April. So looking forward to it, kind of trying to figure out whether I really want to keep doing some ultras. That'll be a whole other podcast, but really enjoy this kind of half marathon and under you get to race get to have fun get to be compete and but not be out there just forever and ever and so as always stay healthy be boring not epic